Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. Each episode, we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, they're innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals. Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies, gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. I am Topher, your host this evening. I'm joined by Mr. Scott Watson, sitting at my co-chair. We got Alec back there as the uh, sound and audio engineer. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's with great pleasure to welcome our guests this evening, Rob and Kale, who have set the record for the summer for the longest ride. Uh, (laughs) They just got back uh, from a 23-mile trip up through the South Dakota. 2,300 miles. 2,300, my apologies. It's way more. (laughs) <laughs> Way more on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you guys made it. We made Welcome it. Welcome back. How was it? It was an adventure. And when I say adventure, there's super good parts and super terrible parts and all the things in the middle. It was it was awesome. Well, I feel like I should get a merit badge for like being a real motorcycler <laughs> now. Do you know what I mean? You got something for rain, snow. Yep. Hail. Hail. Yep. Yep. Some crazy things. Killed a bird with my face. <laughs> Kale saw that. Kale witnessed that. So, Kale, you rented a bike for this, right? I did. What were you riding on? Uh, it was a Harley Street Glide. Pull that mic closer to your face. A Harley Street Glide. Harley Street Glide. Yeah. All right. How so, would you think of that? It was a heck of a lot more comfortable than my uh, Harley Slim. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So I'm glad I I'm glad I rented the bike. I so. ran into that same problem myself. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like, do I want the small bike that goes fast, or do I just? Upgrade to the nice, big, comfortable bike. So. That goes fast. The big yeah. bike that goes fast. <laughs> yeah. Not as fast. Though. No. <laughs> There's a difference. I bet there is. So you guys started out, you, uh, you obviously left here in Salt Lake. Take us through day one. Where'd you guys take off to? <clears throat> day one was uh, the most optimistic day. We showed up and uh, at we were all at Kale's house and uh, loaded up and headed out. We were going to a place called Casper, Wyoming. And we were just tearing across. There's a little bit of rain, but not enough to be, you know, pull over or anything like that. But we all got a little bit wet. We um, pulled over in uh, in Casper. We finally stopped there, and there was just no um, rooms available. Oh no, we weren't in Casper quite yet, but we we were on it. We were close to Casper, and there was just no rooms available because they were having a big rodeo, mm-hmm. and so we had to ride an extra 48 miles to a town called Douglas. Mm-hmm. Which, for those uh, at home, if you haven't been to Douglas, there's not a whole lot going on in Douglas. No, no, it was <laughs> it was sedate at best. And um, the thing about Douglas uh, is, it, we, that was a 500 and like eight mile ride. It was, a, yeah, it's like from our house to like Los Angeles. It was it was a long time to be on our bike, and we were taking plenty of breaks, and we stopped and had lunch, and it was a good time. But the last. That last little bit from Casper to Douglas was just brutal. We were riding along. I had to take my phone and put it away because I'd look down and we'd have like 45 minutes left on our ride and then we would ride forever and I'd look down and we'd have like 43 minutes left on the ride <clears throat> and I couldn't even hang with it. It was just killing me. So I put it away, enjoyed the rest of the ride and, and it ended pretty well. We got an Airbnb there and um, walked around and it was Douglas's cute little town. 
yeah, met some real um, roughnecks from the the oil fields. Oh yeah, it was it was an interesting place. Yeah, the most happening bar was a liquor store with a bar in the back. So. Drive through. Drive through. That's yeah. gonna say Wyoming. You got the drive through liquor stores. Yeah. And uh, and so we were there. We hung out for a while and um, met some people. Had a great time. And then I left early. These guys, I can't I can't hang with these uh, young kids staying up late. No. Roger is the one who stays up late. I just went along for the ride because there was no choice in the matter. So. Yeah, and I referred to Roger on the ride in my mind as uh, Mon Capitan. He was, <laughs> he was the uh, charging, leading guy. We were following behind him uh, obediently as he was making left and right hand turns into who knows where. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of tried to keep up with that guy. So uh, Mon Capitan, was, he's a hard charger. Yeah. It sounds like Roger. <clears throat> it does sound like Roger. <laughs> Trying to constantly push the limits on the on speed and, and distance, I would imagine. Yes, both. Yeah, both. And um, he wouldn't give you um, a moments of uh, there was no pity. Like there was, get on your bike, let's go, load up. <laughs> I know you're wet, let's go. <clears throat> yeah. All right. But it was good, and um, I thought Roger would snore heavily, but no. And um, Roger sent us out a packing list, and so we went down the packing list, and so I had a lot of stuff um, loaded into my bike, but I felt pretty pretty prepared because Roger was uh, wise enough to share with us his his travel list and so I didn't really feel like I was short on anything other than maybe uh, the wet weather gear which let me just say if you remember anything from this podcast get good wet weather gear oh yeah yeah because I was soaked (laughs) soaked. well I I talked to Roger uh, on Saturday we had a ride that the memorial ride and he was saying number one you followed the list you did not Is that right, Kel? I thought Roger was being excessive about the additional pairs of gloves. And oh, yeah. many hours of riding with my hands freezing cold, I was like, why didn't I not bring those big, nice winter gloves, riding gloves that I have? So they were, yeah, they should have been brought. So, so we've yeah. learned rain gear and make sure you've got extra gloves. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. That's the two big things you want to make sure that you have. I've actually in the market to get me some good rain gear because I still haven't found the pair that I'm like, that won't do, that won't do. I've got to find me some good ones. But he was saying he had a uh, he had the sweatshirt, his vest, plus the rain gear, and he was still soaked all the way down through his, to his T-shirt. You guys, yeah. same boat? Yeah, on the second day when we left <clears throat> Douglas, we were riding, and it started to kind of lightly sprinkle as we were heading towards uh, Custer. And we pulled over to a gas station, which we would normally do when it starts to rain, gassed up. And it was kind of coming down. I was pretty wet. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I went in, and Roger and Kale were um, eating there at the gas station slash restaurant. And um, I thought, okay, we're just going to settle in and just kind of wait for the storm to blow past. I'm going to do some journaling, maybe read a little, <laughs> get caught up on some things. And Roger stands up as soon as I set my backpack down and is like, all right, let's go. And it was raining hard. It wasn't sprinkling. It was raining. I'm not kidding. The big fat raindrops. And I'm like, I said to Roger, like, it's raining hard. I don't, I, are we going to wait this out? And he's like, well, we could ride now or we could wait till it's 10 degrees colder at night and do it. And I'm like, Jeez. okay. <laughs> so we loaded up on our bikes and, and headed out. And I bought some really cheap rain gear from a hardware store, like a, like a fishing gear. And, and I was soaked, soaked, soaked through. It was wow. crazy. Kale, what kind of, did you have rain gear? <coughs> yeah, I did bring rain gear. Um, that's something Roger did not let me. He reinforced <laughs> that I need to bring that. So I did, um, and thank God I did, because it would have been bad. But I have to admit, when Roger's like, let's get on the bikes, we're going, I'm like, 
no, this is what? I remember looking at you, like giving you the eye, like, did you hear that? Did yeah. I, is that what I just heard? Yeah, I did not know that you could ride bikes and what we rode bikes through, like safe. Well, I don't know how safe it was, but we did it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was safe. Yeah. We, so we were, we rode in, um, rode on up and it was raining so hard that you're, uh, you know, you were like wiping your, your visor off with your finger and then my under and then my goggles, everything was just foggy and wet and just going slow to bring my head around the side of the um, fairing so that the wind would blow, at least blow some of the water off and clear some of the fog out. And um, we rode like that until we got to Custer and we pulled over for a second and poor Kale, his hands were soaked clear through. his. My hands and his hands were just dyed from the gloves, um, the leather dying under our hands. And Roger had to get a poker chip from every one of the Harley Davidson stores that we drove past. So we stopped and went in there and I am frozen solid like a walking ice cube walking into the Harley Davidson place and everybody's just chipper and happy hey how you doing where are you from where'd you ride in from I can't even talk I was just like mad dog and I'm like do, do I look like I want to visit I can't feel my face I cannot feel my face and um we were there for a while and I Kale disappeared and I looked across the street and he was in buying gloves at one of the places across the way like he's like I'm getting me some better gloves and when we left that, when we left um, the Harley Davidson and Custer, we rode through uh, the probably worst water conditions I'd ever driven in. There was rivers coming down the street. You couldn't even see what you were driving on. And there was construction. There was cones all over the place. And so I didn't know if I was pulling into like a, uh, like a gravelly area or if I was on concrete or what, because there was literally water, you know, three or four inches deep just running down the street. And um, I almost dropped my bike three times in Custer alone. And, and Roger got a little, little discombobulated, and we went through the YMCA parking lot and got back on the road. And I just felt kind of lost and a little bit fearful because this is the most water I'd ever ridden in. And plus, we were driving in rivers, you know what I mean? And the water was spraying up, and so I had my feet down to trying to, like, something should happen. I could catch myself. And so the, I'm, like, pretty much water skiing, and the water's shooting up my boots. And... I was soaking wet, and Kel was ahead of me through Custer, and I just, um, like, there was one point where Kel didn't catch the turn just right, and I thought he was going to run into a sign, and he got, so he, did I. correct, did you think you were going to hit that sign? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? I do. <clears throat> that was terrifying. Yeah. There was, like, a crack in the cement below the river that I didn't see, so I couldn't turn, and then my bike just kept going straight. In this yeah. crease, yeah. I, yeah. I caught that crease, too. Oh, my goodness. And so it was bananas, and we finally got out of Custer, and there wasn't as much road construction, It was, but it was still just raining, raining super hard. And we worked our way down. But the thing that was amazing is we were leaving Custard and dropping in. We were heading into the Black Hills then, and it was beautiful. Even though it was raining like crazy, there was lakes with these beautiful clouds over them, and just, it was gorgeous. And it was hard, even though I was just miserable, to not notice how beautiful the country was. There was a couple spots where we were driving that day and the day before where the road just took off as far as you could see, and you could see it drop down and come back up and head into the horizon. And it was just like, God, I love this country. I love riding across this this space because it's it's unimaginable to explain how big the United States is until you ride across it on a bike. That's very true. You yeah. have you just I have a different perspective than I ever have before. And there's spots where as far as the eye could see, like it, the road just went and went and went. And I think I was looking twelve or fifteen miles down the road. Like it was a long freaking ways and it was just gorgeous. And not the kind of pretty that we're used to here with the mountains, you know. It was just like that flat rolling beautiful hills with you know uh, uh, cups of trees over there and a river over there and it was it was awesome 
I would imagine this year it, it was pretty green too up there, yeah? Oh yeah, very green, endlessly green. I thought to myself, like, why don't we have more, how can there be a food shortage? Like, look at all of this space. Like, you could throw out seeds of a pumpkins and you'd grow pumpkins. Like, it was just endless prairies and all green and just beautiful. So, um, pretty amazing. Um, when we finally got into Deadwood, we pulled into the uh, hotel. It was at the far end of town, and we got to the hotel, and I was just beat, just wrung out beat. And these guys, um, you know, we kind of got off the bike, and there was like a mumbling, I'll see you in like, I'll see you in two hours. I'll see you in okay, I'll see you. <laughs> right? Should we go get dinner at 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock sounds good. And so we were like stumbled into our rooms, and I'm draped, all, everything that I owned is draped out in this room, spread across. It looked like a bomb went off. And I thought I was the only one. I knocked on Kale's door. He opened up the door to give me the charger that I was looking for. And, and there, was, there was stuff everywhere, like on the, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to dry it out. We were using the blow dryers and our helmets and the whole thing. And it was, it was quite the adventure. So you'd get everything dry, pack it up again in the morning, load it up, and then we'd drive. And it rained every day except for the last day that we rode. Oh, wow. And then it even rained that day, but it just rained enough that we were in Moab, and so we dried right off, you know what I mean? But it rained a lot. So you did 512 the first yeah, day? Yeah, 509 miles the first day, and the next day was a 300-miler. Oh, shit. Yeah, to get, to, um, to get from Douglas to Deadwood. And that was kind of a long ride through the rain and through Custer. But we got into uh, Deadwood, and it felt like we'd kind of settled in. We were going to continue to travel, but we decided to stay in Deadwood an extra night and um, just kind of do the rounds, like go in and um, check out. We went to Mount Rushmore the next day. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse was started it in 1963. A single guy that um, got out of the military, he was hired to build this giant monument to uh, Crazy Horse, who was the chief that was there on the day that General Custard was killed at Little Bighorn. And they're doing a commemoration of this, this chief, and the, um, they're doing it out of this huge mountain. I mean, huge mountain. And they've got his face done, and they just un, um, uh, released his hand is done, and they're working on his arm. He's going to have a full headdress, and he's going to have a full horse underneath him, like a, oh, wow. a big horse. And it's, I'm telling you, out of scope, it's a big, big mountain. And I had no idea. I'd seen it lots, like, you know, on TV and whatnot. But then we drove from there to Mount Rushmore, and all four of the president's heads could fit on Crazy Horse's lips. That's how big Crazy Horse is. Oh, Oh, geez. really? It's huge. It's crazy huge. And there's like stories about tractors that fell off the mountain and lightning. And if these guys needed a, um, they needed something, they'd build it. They needed a sawmill. They needed wood. They'd build their own sawmill and their own wood. So this gentleman decided he was going to do it, and he partners with uh, the nation, the Indian nation, to do it. And his sons and daughters all get involved, and they're building it. And now his grandchildren are building it. And so it's interesting that this one gentleman had this job offer that he took and it's changed like the trajectory of his family's life his kids are his grandkids are going to college studying engineering and all of these things so they can continue his legacy isn't oh, that cool wow, that's wild it's that's crazy cool because cool. that i saw that i must have been 10 12 years old because I, I don't know if i've told you this i'm actually from casper oh um so i'm kind of familiar with with that whole area huh. and when i saw it they had I'm trying to think. They had the horse's head kind of done, and I think it just, like, because he, he's sitting up on top, right? You're right. They had just started basically his, his him. Face, yeah. And you're saying they've got the body now? No, it's just his face and the top of his uh, arm pointing. And so it's his hand, his face, and the beginning of the headdress. And so, yeah, it's 
coming along and the horse they've like narrowed the mountain down so they've got the width of the horse but they haven't started any detail yet that is wild yeah. and they've been working on it since 63 three yeah do you have any did you hear any projections on when it would be done it's taking them forever because they continually refuse federal funding they've received they've received two or three offers of millions of dollars to help pay for the uh, excavation and do it and the the uh, indians and the family continually tell them no because they don't want to be um some things happened like with mount rushmore that where the government was calling the shots and they don't want to have the government involved good on them so this yeah. is basically a private yeah. funded the whole thing yeah wow yeah yep huh it's awesome it's awesome they try to get you get money on when you get there money on the bus money in the thing and money in the deal but it was it was worth it it was worth going there it's i would tell people to go because you don't really get the scope of it unless you go there and then go straight over to mount rushmore the best part of the whole trip um, on that day was going into the movie theater where they did it. <laughs> I was going to say, that was my favorite part. Go ahead, Kale. Tell them how that went. <laughs> no, I just know I, uh, all three of us. I know I fell asleep through the like two minutes into the movie. Yeah, it's a twenty minute. <laughs> it's so a twenty tired. minute movie, and we all crashed on the front row. All three of us were just like, oh, how cool. I was beat. Yeah. <laughs> Kale slept on the bus. He didn't did. even get off the bus when we got to the bottom of Crazy Horse. He's like, I'm good. You guys go do that's it. That's why I'm like, yeah, I saw an Indian on the mountain. That's that's all I know about it, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> all the details. I slept through it all. So it was. We were pretty tired, and that was one of the things about the motorcycle ride is that there was just like a continual level of exhaustion kind of the whole way riding your motorcycle is a lot more um, emotional and physical energy than just driving in a car and um, I was surprised at how much it took to stay um, conscious and present and you're on your motorcycle Scott you know you have to be 100% mm -hmm. in the now and it just took a lot of energy to stay in that, that space after the third day of well, riding well that's in dry conditions yeah you had trying to do it through rain because now you're on a whole different heightened state Try not to tip the bike over. Hold on, though. No, I heard uh, it was a crack in the concrete through the river that you were riding through. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not rain. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? It was, it was amazing that we didn't drop our bikes that day. Yeah. But Roger, Mon Capitan, charging up that hill, baby. We were just, like, trying to keep up. Yeah. If Roger had not been there and it was just Rob and I, I think we would have been, like, sleeping at the gas station yeah. the first night. Yeah. Like, what? what under, under the table at the subway. <laughs> We wouldn't have got out of there. So, um, Did you guys go, I know this would have been back a little bit, did you go to Devil's Tower or did you bypass that? I know that was on the original plan. It was. We bypassed it because we were kind of running out of time. We decided to spend an extra day in Deadwood so that we could see both Mount Rushmore and um, do two. So there's ten national rides, rated rides mm -hmm. for motorcycles, and we did four of them. Oh, wow. And two of them were on that day. We did Pigtail Highway. No kidding. How yeah. was that? unbelievable they've got these bridges that are like um they're like a circle like you hit this bridge and it's made out of wood and it goes around and you drop down and then they have these tunnels that are just carved right out of the granite and one of the times you come around and you're going through these granite tunnels and there is mount rushmore framed perfectly in one of the tunnels oh, like wow. like oh, it was emotionally beautiful and then there uh, you're in the black hills and you could smell the pine trees they've got these tall pines and the just the man it was just beautiful and there's bikes everywhere there's a lot of people on motorcycles everyone's super friendly and um and then we did the needles highway that day too which is also a nationally yeah. ranked ride and um i could show you some videos but you're cutting through these tunnels where it's just one car at a time and it's their long pretty pretty decent tunnels that you're cutting through 
but both of them just spectacular. Roger, we pulled up and they were charging fees to get in, and I, I thought, man, you know, when's the next time I'm going to be out here riding? Let's let's ride the rides. And so we went through, and I'm so glad that we did. Just unbelievable landscape, like otherworldly. Well, and technical. I don't think I've I've never done anything that technical before. The turns were just long and as sharp as they can get one after another right and you're like you really had to think through and watch where you want to go with your bike because it just endlessly goes and very very tight oh wow turns so yeah a yeah of, a lot of technical riding out there that sure. was a, that, that's that's true it was a technical ride um doing the climbing and drops sudden elevation changes and the, and the turns those the turns on those bridges there's two or three of those bridges where it's a complete like a 360 like you go all the way down like you're doing a swirl on this the suspended bridge and then you're on the road again it's it was cool that's it was, kind of a trip it was amazing it was and the, the thing about it is like the day before i thought to myself man that was really the most beautiful ride of my life and then the next day i would be saying and today was really the most beautiful day <laughs> I've ever ridden a motorcycle. And then the next day, guess what I'm saying again? Oh, my God, that was so beautiful. And even with the rain and all the things that happened, it was still just stunning beauty out that way. Amazing. It was good, a good ride. Yeah, I agree. And it, it was kind of a mental game, too, because it's like, well, I'm here. There's nothing. There's no way out of the rain, so I might as well put a smile on my face. And, like, this is an adventure, right? Yep. You're cold and soaked, and the rain just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's like, well, let's have fun with it, right? Yeah. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I didn't really feel like there was ever a time where anybody was a, a grump, other than when we drove the next day from um, Deadwood over to um, Arvada or Denver. That day, it was raining pretty hard. We went over the Continental Divide. We um, went over a place called uh, Monarch Pass, mm -hmm. and it got cold, cold, cold. It was... It was wicked cold up on top, snowing. We were riding through snow and a little bit of hail. And um, going through there, and then we, as we were passing down through the plains, through Lusk, I hit a bird. A bird shot out a sparrow <laughs> and hit me right in the wind, the wind visor of my helmet. Bam, and just exploded a sparrow. And I was going about 100 miles an hour, and you can't just reach into the glove box and, like, get out a napkin and... To wipe off the bird. To wipe off the dead bird guts and feathers all over the place. And Kale was behind me. What did you see, Kale? I, I just, feathers is what I saw. I, I Looked not, like the Randy Johnson you, when he hits the ball. Yep. <laughs> it's done. That's right. That bird was everywhere. And nothing smells like the inside of a bird, I'm going to tell you guys. Like, it was it was foul. Get your dad jokes out of here. Boom, all day, boys. I've been waiting all week to drop that one on you. <laughs> You're welcome. We appreciate it. Yeah. Right when I hit that bird, um, and the bird I probably didn't weigh. I mean, how much does a sparrow weigh? Who knows? A couple of ounces. I thought it was going to peel me off the bike. I was really going fast. And when it hit me in the helmet, it, it scared the bejesus out of me. It, it was terrifying. And it was like a very uh, Alfred Hitchcock with the blood and the guts just kind of like blowing off your windscreen. You know what I mean? <laughs> And there was feathers. I'm not kidding. I had feathers in my mouth. Because <laughs> I'm just sitting there happily breathing in bird guts. And, and then it started raining and hailing almost immediately afterwards. Like it was like, bam, bird, boom, hail, rain. And so thank God for the rain. It was washing off the, the, bird the blood. <laughs> but there was bird jerky like all up in my, all up in my controls. You know, all up in my speedometer and like my cruise control. I like, had the big piece of bird jerky. 
<laughs> up oh in there. I, your word choice. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was so gross. But uh, we pulled over. That's the only time we pulled over because it was raining so bad. Uh, the cars were pulling off the road. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. And uh, we pulled out over under a bridge. And between that point and Denver, there's maybe two overpasses. Like, it's one of those parts of the United States where there's just not a lot you need an overpass for. And we pulled over underneath one of them. And these guys are like, what should we do? And I was still traumatized. I had just killed a bird with my face and I couldn't even answer I was just like I don't know what do you should we keep going I don't know are you hungry I don't know not anymore I, I don't know. Know. I got some bird can you smell that it's foul he was pretty out of it I know Roger's like you got this can we go more and he just kind of had a glazed look over his face we I'm have like, no other choice I'm like let's get the hell out of here what let's are we doing go. So we started down the freeway, and I forgot to put my kickstand up. And so I'm driving down the freeway with my kickstand down like an idiot, covered in bird guts. <laughs> Kale pulls up next to me, and he's, like, waving, like, making hand signs, because what's the proper hand sign for your, your kickstand's down, idiot? So i like, oh, jeez. And so I, like, kicked it up. Because on Harleys, like my Kawasaki, it wouldn't start with the right. kickstand down. With a Harley, it runs great all the way to sixth gear with the kickstand down i was hauling ass with that thing if i'd have got a little bit left on it i'd have pole vaulted into the you okay buddy oh, God. yeah 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 that's what happened yeah that was a that was a hell of a ride we rode in and we got outside we were maybe i don't know 45 miles outside of denver and um, we're just soaking wet. We're standing in the Wendy's or McDonald's, whatever it was, just water's like dripping off of my nose. I remember I'm just dripping on the table and all I can think about is this bird. And I was soaked and I was really craving a corn dog. I was like, that was my moment of true carnal man right there. That's where I bought my third pair of gloves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's Gail? He's I was... I was loaded up. He's by the trip, man. Gloves. I just kept every every time we saw new gloves, let's, let's get them. Load them. Kale's got a glove problem. <laughs> Traumatized. So we got a room and we went into Denver. That was the night that the uh, Denver won the the championship, the basketball oh, yeah. team. And so we went to a restaurant. And I I'm not a sports fan, so I don't I didn't know anything about the playoffs that were going on. And we're sitting in this restaurant, and they were people were freaking out. The last game was a two to three point game, right, right up to right. the very end, and they won. People were running around high fiving and clinking their their bottles, and and Kale and I were just sitting there. And Kale whispers, "I hope they lose." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "I just want to see what's going to happen." <laughs> Uh, that's the kind of dudes I was riding with. I'm like, what? <laughs> Mayhem. Well, cars are getting flipped over. Please win. <laughs> I hope they lose. <laughs> it would have been entertaining. They were pretty passionate about oh, man. what was happening. So. It was cool. The energy was really cool when they won. It was You could feel it. People were pretty happy. It was fun. I'm so glad they won, too. Kale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he whispered it, but still it was loud enough that I'm like, someone could have heard that. We're getting lynched. <laughs> those, are, those are fighting words yeah. right there. These guys haven't won in like 40 years. Like, don't say that. Uh, so I don't think they've ever won. I think that was their first one yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun to be there for that night. We went back to the hotel room, and we were going to um, maybe go sit in the hot tub, and I was just so dang beat. I was just like, I'll see you guys in the morning. And that was it. We 
clocked out. That's how most nights ended. Other than when Roger wanted to, I mean, Mon Capitan wanted to go <laughs> check something out, and a bar, a band, something cool like that. But I was, um, as you guys well know, when it's bedtime. About 8 o'clock? Yeah. Ready to go? Yeah. Yep. After pudding, I'm ready for bed. Being a senior citizen, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I forget that sometimes. And so when we woke up, I had run the blow dryer pretty much all night on my helmet and on um, the different things, wiping off bird guts, getting it off my gear. Like, it was just disgusting. I went out, my motorcycle was covered in it, and I ruined a hotel towel trying to get the bird jerky out of my my GPS and stuff. It was so gross. I want the maid's opinion there. She goes, yeah. what, what in the what? world is happening is there? Is that bird jerky? <laughs> gross. Nothing smells like the inside of a sparrow. It's that big guy that said they wanted him to lose. Get him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we jumped on our bikes that morning, and we headed out of Arvada and headed towards a place called the Arkansas River. Okay. And to go whitewater rafting, which I had, I've gone rafting before, but I've never done anything like the Arkansas River. Um, they have the river. They close the river down. It becomes unsafe at 3,200 um, cubic feet per second. So that's like 3,200 basketballs passing, passing us right now per second. That's when it's too much. It's going too fast. That's when it's too much. Yeah, so now it's it unsafe. 27,000. Oh, my So it was like oh, right wow. at the line of like, we're going to close it down. And the river raft guide was like, you guys are so lucky to be here. This is going to be the best ride. We're gonna, it hasn't been this nice in five years. And um, we bought wetsuits, or we rented wetsuits and like the booties. I'm so glad I got the, the whole outfit. But it, that water was cold. Mm wicked cold and we jumped in there and um kale and i were the front two we were the front two pullers and roger was behind me and i had a, a kid that was training to be a guide um behind me still and so there were six of us in the raft and there was points i could send the pictures if you want to put them in the footnotes but mm-hmm. um my the best part is kale's face they took pictures of us kale's face <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i was doing every picture every picture's got the same face kale's making the same <laughs> Uh, there was one point that we dropped into a hollow and they took a picture and you can only see the very front of the raft. And there's six of us, six dudes on this raft. And you can only see the very front of the raft. That's how deep some of the drops were. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And we were going under the water. Like this guy, um, he said, as hard as you pull, I'll take you as hard as you guys can pull. The more you, the better you can pull, the more, the more places I'll take you. And I think he took us through. Define that for us. What do you mean like, by pull? So we're on the front and you have, you have your paddle and you have to lean in with your body and you put that paddle in the water and you use your whole body and your arms and you're pulling as hard as you can. Like it's a full back lat. It's yeah, everything. If it's, you go into those <clears throat> sideways, then the raft will flip. Will flip. Oh, okay. And so. you're in serious trouble because that water is it's running at almost like we're going to shut the river down. It's running high. And uh, so I was just like hooting and hollering you know me carrying on and <laughs> kale was up in the front and we were just pulling as hard as we could and i remember like i was making like this like monster sounds and kale's over there just quietly kicking my ass just like <laughs> getting it done it was so much fun that was a good time so that was a good time if it's like the rest of your trip why didn't you take the bikes yeah no kidding you've already gone through rivers yeah <laughs> we could have made it we could have handled it I'm just right right follow me boys mon capitan says we got this <laughs> he would survive he's got 70 pairs of gloves yeah yes. mostly waterproof now <laughs> it was a great it was one, a great ride one funny thing about that ride is um the gal said we could put our stuff behind the desk and we have we've got all our gear and shots and anyways i think she regretted 
doing that because we are just there's our helmets and shirts. She, she knows she's getting so into. much stuff back there. But anyways. yeah, we loaded her up. And we had a great time. The guy that took us on the ride, um, he was called E-Man, Elephant Man. He used to work at the zoo. And he's been riding down that river for like 30 years. Like this guy knew his way around the river. And he took us through some stuff. And he'd be like, okay, over here on the right, we're going to be doing this. And exactly what he said, we'd go right into it. And um, and he would talk some mad trash back in the back. But he could hear me up there hooting and hollering. I think it was like encouraging him to like, let's see if we can get this this guy to wash off. And we went... <laughs> We went under, <laughs> underwater a couple times, didn't we? Like, we were fully underwater. No way. How long a ride was it? Um, was it, say, two hours? It seemed like about two hours, hour and a half. Maybe 90 minutes. Yeah. 90 minutes. But it was, it was pretty good, and um, I didn't realize that the, uh, the cold water was taking it out of me. Like, I was, it takes a lot of energy to number one row like that, and plus that cold water is, takes a lot of energy to stay warm. We got in the van, and Kel was literally just just trembling just sh- shaking and i'm trying not to but kale's getting me going over there and i got water in my boots there's water everywhere we were soaked head to toe and uh, we rode back in the van and changed back into our clothes and then we had another 280 miles on the same day on the same day to ride oh my and goodness. we had already ridden 120 to get to our uh, to the arkansas so it was going to be a long day plus that and so we were riding along and i was exhausted i was as tired as I've ever been on my motorcycle. That was probably the worst part for me because I could not, I was falling asleep on my bike and you don't want to fall asleep on your bike. You don't fall asleep in a car. (laughs) But I could not keep awake and so we pulled over for um, lunch and I was just like, boys, we gotta find a stop. We gotta, we're stopping sooner than later. And so we we stopped in Gunnison that day. We were gonna try to make it to Durango, but we just didn't have, I didn't have the rocks. These guys could have gone on without me. I'd have been totally cool. I (laughs) I was beat. I was ready to get off the bike for yeah. sure. Yeah. You were tired that day? With, I was with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Roger's like, well, I mean, the one thing I, I learned about the ride is you don't want to schedule your rooms. Um, there's, a, there's a good part and bad part for scheduling your rooms ahead of time. Ahead of time, you can schedule your rooms, and you know you're going to get someplace good, and it's going to be where, kind of where you want to be downtown or whatever it is. But you don't want to have to push to that. You don't have to. I didn't want to have to push to Durango. I'm so glad we didn't have a room, and we were just able to go to Gunnison because we didn't have a room reserved. Because I would have, I would have crashed if I'd have tried to push through to get to our reservation. So it was nice to kind of do it on the fly, which was something I didn't ever hadn't thought of. Like when I usually plan a trip, I've got this place is planned, and I'm staying here, and we're doing this, and then we're going to go here, and that's you can't do that on your motorcycle because you have to be really very flexible. Hmm. Well, sometimes you end up with the ho hum. Yeah. And you don't plan them. Yeah, yeah, the Ho Ho Hotel. <laughs> Ho Ho Hotel. We stayed at a place in Yellowstone, West Yellowstone, called the Ho Ho Hotel. <laughs> we had to sweet talk this girl. <laughs> what? Yeah, this old lady. She was like a thousand years old, and we're like, come on, get us a room. She had this corner room. I've never seen a hotel room quite like this. Yeah. It had three queen beds in it. Okay, which is great because we we all had a bed, but it was the whole configuration of everything. Like, you, people were living in this yeah. baby. I don't. Yeah, it I might don't have been really a long-term <laughs> place, and there was this like subtle odor of mildew. Oh well, yes. Subtle? You know what I mean? <laughs> just a gentle, just a just a hint of black mold. <laughs> oh, so nice. I'm positive she had a thing for Rob. Oh, she absolutely did. Yeah. That's why we got the room. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, you're though? Right, Look you're at right. me. Well, seriously. <laughs> Oh, man. I will tell you, Rob is one of the most social people I have ever hung out with. Everywhere we went, 
it's like, where the hell did Rob go? And he's over there, new friends, big conversation, people around him. I met a dude that was a cow puncher. I'm sorry, what? what? Yeah, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> we were in, uh, I met some really cool people because these people, you know, from the, they're real, he was a real life cowboy. I said, a cow puncher, like, that seems kind of mean. And <laughs> that's what I said. And he just looked at me like, are you for real right now? And uh, he, he lassos and moves cow from, he called them cow. He didn't call them cows or cattle. Moves cow from here to there, brands them and ropes them and the whole thing. And I'm like, your cowboy boots have done real cowboying. I said that. <laughs> and he just couldn't believe what I was saying. Like I, was just, <laughs> I was just having a good time with this kid. And he called his buddy over, come over here, Kyle. So me and Kyle, and I think his name was Roy, we just talked about cow punching. I had so many questions. What? Okay, so what is cow punching? He's a cowboy. He's a real-life cowboy doing cowboy things. So that's just what it, they call like it, his term is yeah, cow puncher? Yeah, I'm a cow puncher. Huh. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> huh. <laughs> huh. Can I buy you a drink? I'd like to know more. He's like, for sure. I'm definitely going to stick with my mental image on what cow punching is. Cow punching, yeah. <laughs> Seems kind of cruel. Was that in the saloon? The that saloon when you found that your first night on the table. Yeah, I found Deadwood. a poker table and they never saw me again. Yeah. So. Yep. I met a cow puncher. Where can you and go a, where they got a, a, a bar with poker in it and a and live a, band? And a live and band and, and cow was, punchers. It was, a, it was a cool bar. It was huh. way cool. This is in Gunnison? No, this uh, was, was clear back in uh, Deadwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, we were skipping over some of the highlights of visiting with, but yeah, I made some friends on the along the way. It's pretty fun. But I'll, and I, the one thing I won't forget is we were leaving Deadwood, and something only Rob would do. He honked his horn. There was two old ladies walking by, and he honked his horn and waved at him, and they <laughs> waved back. And I'm like, it would never have occurred. Like, what a cool thing to do. Rob's badass. Oh man, but, thanks. Those old ladies were working hard. They were yeah. sassy old girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> the hair all did. They were going to breakfast. <laughs> Just wanted to honor that. Uh, normally. <laughs> funny i forgot that i i totally did do that <laughs> what's up girls <laughs> please tell me you had like katie perry or something blaring on the yeah on the that's right <laughs> that's right some katie perry well he looked like the big badass biker like he had his bandana on and you know like all leathered up i'm sure they were just <laughs> that's right those ladies were <laughs> ethel looking good girl <laughs> The real question, was Rob wearing a shirt for this one? Because usually he doesn't. Uh, Kale was the one that was shirtless most of the time. He had some skin showing on the, the shoulders, but yeah. I think he did have some leather, a leather jacket on at least. Yeah, yeah, poor Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about those gals. <laughs> I had a real shot. That wasn't the point of the story. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, when we were in uh, Deadwood, we got to see where, I was telling you this, where we got to see where uh, good old Wild Bill Hickok had been murdered. He he just moved into Deadwood. He'd only been there about two weeks. He moved there to be near his son. And a guy named Jack McCall came in through the back of the saloon and shot him while he was playing poker. And they've got the dead man's hand. The hand that he had is called the dead man's hand. Um, and uh, the saloon is still there. You can, you can totally get... Um, it's a tourist trap where you walk in and you give them money and they 
and you regret it. And we went downstairs where <laughs> where he was supposedly murdered. But uh, Jack McCall was tried by a peer of his, a group of his peers there in Deadwood, and he was found innocent, and he was released. And then he went um, from Deadwood into another town, and he was talking about how he'd killed um, killed killed him. And um, a uh, marshal picked him up, and he was tried again, and he was hung. Really? Yep. 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 And then um, what's uh, there was a gal there that was also a cowgirl. What was her name? Who was a famous cowgirl? Oh, man. Anyway, Barry, he, um, this cowgirl was chasing after uh, Wild Bill the whole time. I don't remember her name as soon as this interview is over. Anyway, she, um, she, you would know her name if I were to say it. She was chasing him, and he was married, and he was not interested in this cowgirl. And she would wear cowboy pants like she was dressing like a guy and um, dressing like a cowboy. And um, Wild Bill was kind of a, a pretty boy. He, when he was killed, he was wearing a light blue silk suit. Like, he was a he was very very handsome man and um they ended up burying her right next to him at the cemetery as a joke because uh she was chasing him his whole life <laughs> and so gosh i wish i could remember her name no nope. no uh anyway see if it was joe rogan i'd be like google that google, look that up look that up right now listen we'll get there yeah <laughs> it's close the tv's up there we're getting we're getting closer, getting closer yeah but it was pretty interesting, some really cool history there. Um, Deadwood is burned down twice, right to the ground. Yeah. And uh, they rebuilt it and it burnt down and they rebuilt it. And a lot of the businesses have stuck around even way back then. There was uh, the Adams Brothers, which I thought was interesting history. They built their store. They were the first like um, general store in Deadwood and they rebuilt their store twice and made a fortune off of the, the miners that were there. Oh, and so, wow. yeah, some pretty, pretty cool stuff going through there. I love that kind of history. I'm the guy that stops and reads all the signs and um, you guys know that about me. We do. Yep. And I, I, it was fascinating. And um, that part of the country is loaded with history, like the the Crazy Horse and Mount Rushmore and the things that happened in order to make that happen. Um, some amazing stories. And so I enjoyed the heck out of it. You know what the best part of Deadwood was? What? The breakfast at our hotel. The breakfast? At, oh, my God. <laughs> that was the worst part. <laughs> They, you went Rob down. Ate it. I couldn't believe he actually got these things down. Can yeah, oh yeah. What they served? I served in the navy and the army. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could eat a warm crab sandwich. You had bird on a jerky hot the day, day before. Yeah, bird jerky. <laughs> I'm not a picky eater, and I couldn't do it. I mean, I. What I, was it? I it was it. like a hot pocket that was made out of eggs. It was like there was Swiss in the middle that was like a million degrees, and then it was surrounded by um, these eggs. That were like folded egg-like substance. Egg-like I don't substance. Think that was that was cold. So the eggs were cold. The cheese in the middle was molten hot. Do you know what I mean? Like you're freezing and burning at the same time. Oh man. And they were protecting it. They had guys down there yeah. making sure you were a hotel guest. You, you had your, Rob didn't have his ticket. Oh my shoes. I'm like, who still? If somebody steals this breakfast, they freaking deserve it. Yeah. Like they yeah. need it. I you forgot my I shoes. Mean? He busted me because I forgot my shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was so tired that morning. Uh, the look you gave him when he would not let you in. But. You need your shoes, sir. Are you serious right now? <laughs> You're going to feed me one of those Hot Pockets kick me out? Uh, the worst part is so we gave up trying to eat that. Right. I mean, it was just the eggs, and they had a little pancake-making machine that made little, I don't know, three-inch pancakes. Yeah. Not good either. Like all just gross. So we head downtown. Downtown to the, Deadwood to the good breakfast spot. Do you want to tell them how great that was? Or? I thought it was. I ate that. I ate that other stuff. I, I thought it was all good. 
Did I mention I was in the Navy and the Army? Uh, I'll eat a hot crap sandwich with no bread. No, no it wasn't. It was just the casino buffet was definitely an upgrade, but it was still terrible. Was still pretty rough. It was terrible. I went back twice. It was so bad. I'll be right. This is so bad. I'll be right back. I need more. A lot of bad food. Some really good food. We went to a place in uh, Deadwood that had a prime rib that was was so good. I ate as much as I could, and Kale was <laughs> ravenous. He ate his whole steak, and I had the potato and some veggies, and I ate as much of the steak as I could, and I'm, like, pushing it away. He's like, I'm going to tell him. You going to eat that? <laughs> Why? No, I'm not. <clears throat> Send it down. <laughs> And he shut it down. Like, it was amazing. I was like, where is the skinny kid putting all this meat? Well, he was shivering for five hours yeah. before that. Yeah, we had hypothermia. So he loaded up on a meat bomb. It was, it was pretty good. And that's the night we met the cowpunchers, and I met a couple of uh, roughnecks. Do you know what a roughneck is? Roughnecks, are those the oil workers? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what a roughneck was until then. I thought it was a... Someone who had a rough neck. <laughs> Quite literally. But no, that means you work on an oil, Derek. Um, spread poles or something like that. They had all these, like, they had terms. I didn't know what they were talking about, but it was so much fun to listen to them, like, talk back and forth about being on the oil, Derek's uh, entertainment. Um, but th- if we moved ahead and we were in Gunnison, we loaded up in Gunnison, and... Um, and headed out. Seems like we were on the road pretty early that day, but we rode from Gunnison. We did the Million Dollar Highway. Oh yeah, how was that? Um, amazing, uh, amazing. There's um, glaciers up there that are melting, and they all have their own little waterfalls running down into this pretty stark canyon. And it was beautiful getting in there. It's almost like felt like you're kind of driving through Switzerland. I would compare it to Switzerland the way the mountains were looking and the rolling hills and these little cottages and the farms the way they're spread out. It was just very southern europe beautiful and then we start heading up this canyon and it's a pretty stark canyon and we were just barely ahead of a rainstorm we were just barely like trying to stay ahead of it and we headed up into the um up this million dollar highway and it's a million dollars per mile when they built it back in the 60s which is a lot of money even now but they really just chiseled it right into the side of these granite mountains this road is chiseled right in and there's no guardrail or very little guardrail so if you're not paying attention you hit a rock or a turn wrong you're dead oh shit there's no like i'm gonna fall down a little ways i could jump off and grab a branch no you're dead you're dead <laughs> just done you're, over you are dead there's, and it was way the heck up there and roger was tearing through it like it was nobody's business he was flying up that thing and i kind of was having a good time flying up it too but there was so much to look at where you would like look over and be like oh gosh there's i could be dead i've followed you before yep, yeah that's it. you know me i get distracted easily and uh these it was gorgeous and these these waterfalls were just tearing down these different like a waterfall right there and one right there and a huge one that went down up and over the road and it was it was gorgeous and then it started to rain again of course as we were um, coming through the top of the million dollar highway dropping into a, a city called Silverton which has the highest um, Harley Davidson in the United States it's the, the highest altitude oh wow yeah so we had to stop there of course and get him a poker chip the Mon Capitan needed one from there and we went over and got uh, lunch while we were there and it looks like I've, I've lived in um, Germany before and it was like Switzerland like there like at that end of the road there's 
sheer peaks and at that end of town sheer peaks and down both sides it's just sheer mountains just amazing like you're you're high enough up that you're above the tree line and so there's you're looking at the peaks you know what i mean of oh, these wow. mountains it was gorgeous just gorgeous and we um jumped on our bikes and rode from silverton we had a lunch there rode from silverton down into durango and there was a difference well let me let me back it up a little bit um we went over a spot there called um saint miguel's pass again on the continental divide and it was starting to snow do you remember that yep and um kale's bike started to malfunction and uh we got kind of stuck up on top of there and i didn't know and kale couldn't get his bike to start and we were at the top and roger's like we've got two more miles to we're at the top of the mountain uh, and uh, i'm just like he's like we can turn around and head back down into silverton or we can keep going and i'm like two miles we can do this like let's just do it and it's snowing and the road is steaming hot it's you know what i mean like it's really yeah. getting cold in a quick hurry and so my i'm scraping snow off of my wind visor and there's snow blowing up underneath my glasses and past everything and it was kind of miserable and and poor Kale with his glove problem. <laughs> Didn't have warm gloves. And um, we got to the point where we would, like, stop and jump off our bikes. And we could put our rain gear on like it was a relay race. Like, we would have our rain gear on in, like, seconds. Locked up and loaded and back on our bikes. We got yeah. really good at that. But we were at the top. And what happened to your bike? It just didn't want to start. It wouldn't turn over. It was almost like it didn't recognize that I had the clutch in. And oh, so, wow. yeah, I'm sitting there, like, turning it, flipping it. Um, and it took about five minutes later. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll switch it into neutral. Because either the battery's dead or it, it thinks the clutch isn't in. And yeah, got into neutral. And off it went. And it started. Huh. Yeah. Huh. But it wouldn't even turn over. So I was thinking, and those these guys had already peeled off. So I'm like, well, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> I've, been left like, on, I've been left on the right as well. Well, you <laughs> it, takes a, it takes these guys a while to figure out you're not there. Yes, I, nice. I learned that earlier in the trip. <laughs> I like had to stop and fix my bag or something. And. And they're gone. Yeah, they were gone. So they eventually waited. That's a thing. But... <laughs> that is a thing. So, so um, we got over the top, and it, the temperature started going up in a quick hurry. It, it, inc- it, I think it went up like 15 degrees from when we were on the top down to where we hit Durango. It was like 80 degrees in Durango, and we were freezing cold up on the top. That's how high uh, the, the altitude change was, and that that the end of the ride. And when we pulled into Durango, like I was just sweating because I had on my rain gear, I had on everything pretty much that I owned to try to be warm. And we pulled in, and it's like eighty degrees. And I went to the hotel there, but it was it was a crazy experience on just how much elevation we have here in the United States versus you know at, at um, the Continental Divide that you drop off on both sides. And it was cool to see the river running, you know, running east, and then you go up, and now everything's running west. Like it was, you could physically see the change of going over the top and it was amazing lots of deer lots of huge like um carrion birds like i don't know what they would be like eagles and just a lot of cool things to look at even with as much rain as we had and the snow coming down it was still just crazy beautiful one of my favorite memories on that million dollar highway when we were coming down and we were throwing on our rain gear because it started coming down i mean it was hurting my face and so i pull over and we all are throwing on our rain gear I don't know if you remember this old guy with uh, no helmet on, no sunglasses, no glasses, with a cigarette, lit cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. No windshield, just <laughs> flies yeah. down. I'm like, okay, that guy is a baller. Yeah. But, yeah. Respect, old man. Yeah. Respect. I do not remember that guy. Phase in the least. He just had his eyes squinted with his cigarette lit 
sticking oh, out, hell. smoking it. As yeah, he should have ashed like 20 oh, minutes ago. It's like that long old <laughs> ash. You know, he's just like, wimps. It was, it was a favorite memory for sure. I, was, I remember that guy. There's a lot of times, Kel, where I feel like I looked over at you like, did we just, did that just happen? Did that really just happen? Did Roger just say that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, the thing that I admired most about Kale is that um, anytime there was a gym, he would uh-huh. he'd get his workout in. He'd get up in the morning. He had a morning routine. He'd go work out. When we were in Gunnison, they had this they had this gym um, downstairs, and it was wall to wall equipment. Like, <laughs> and it was all broken. <laughs> <laughs> Everything had a out of order sign was, on it. It was as big as this table. That's how big. And there's three pieces of equipment. Yeah, an elliptical, and I'm like, a bike. I'll just freaking go use it, right? They had, and I go in there, and all the cables are broke, and they've got a. He's got a little out of order sign on there. I'm like, you can't call this a gym. <laughs> Nothing works in here, dude. Oh so, man. Yeah, there was there was no workout that that morning. The thing that was interesting is I've known Kale for maybe two years, just on rides. Never, you know, at, at business-wise, I've um, been to his business and um, not really, I would never say that Kale and I were, we were friendly, but not really friends. And the same with Roger. Like, I've been to his birthday, I've hung out, I've been to his house, I've hung out with him a few times, but not like eight days of like in each other's business. And um, I've come, as I've grown older, I've realized that I have friends that are like, you know, once a month friends, once a year friends, lunchtime friends. I can hang out for 45 minutes with this person or a weekend friend. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I thought, this is kind of a risk. Like, I'm hanging out with these two guys that I don't really genuinely know for eight days of, like, beginning, end, lunch, breakfast, dinner. We're hanging out. We're spending time together. And I loved it. I had such a great time with these two guys. And I know that sometimes my impatience and my anger would roll out because I'm an impatient guy when I get tired and when I get hungry I feed the bear man just feed the bear I know that about me I'm not pleasant all the time most of the time though I'm a beam of sunshine but until you get tired and hungry yeah and after the ride was over and we were peeling off and Roger was going his way and Kale went um his way and I went my way I thought man I love these guys like I'm gonna I'm gonna be friends with Kale for the rest of my life because of this one adventure that we went on because there was some true like amazing like beautiful moments and some real just shit show moments where you just like like you know you're in the trenches with your brother kind of a moment and so that was like a big takeaway for me is like I, I got really lucky to go on a trip with these two gentlemen because I really genuinely like them there was there was times like one time at the restaurant I almost punched Roger in the face <laughs> there it is there we go yeah. Mon Capitan <laughs> I was going to drop him like an I started elk. eating my food really fast because I'm like, we're going to get kicked out of here. Because yeah. Rob's happened? like, don't say that again or I'll yell. I'll yell louder. I'll yell louder. And Roger kept saying it. Roger, he wanted to talk about, he wanted to talk um, negatively about Mexican food, which I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> That's what you almost dropped Roger But for. my food came and he was talking about things about my food. This is my dinner. And he was saying things. And I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> And he kept talking, and I'm like, stop, stop, or something like that. It was so bad, guy. Like, People in the restaurant were looking over because I'm yelling, stop. I literally just started going. <laughs> Kel, Kel thought we were getting like, kicked out. That was the only Mexican food meal we, I was going to get on yeah. that trip because Roger just refused. He, he doesn't like oh, Mexican sad. food. 
What? He's racist against Mexican food. Mon Capitan. I don't know. He's got something against it. Yeah. We kind of, I I like went over, they, um, I was hungry and I went and washed my bike one night and I'm like, I pulled past this restaurant and I'm like, I'm going there. I don't care where those guys go. I was like over it and you know, the Mm -hmm. bear, Mm -hmm. feed the bear. So I pulled in and uh, Gail texts me in the group. He's like, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm at a Mexican restaurant. And he's like, I'm on my way. There was like zero, (laughs) (laughs) there was zero hesitation. Uh, Then Roger comes in with his drink in a cup. Like, oh my gosh, here we go. And um, he wouldn't quit talking trash on Mexican food, so I had to. He did not eat, by the way. He just sat there and drank and bitched. And talked crap about Mexican food. It was. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that Roger could probably kick my ass. I'm pretty sure he's got the reach, you know what I mean? But I was not going to hear it about my dinner. I would I was gladly go to the grave rather than talk crap about my combo meal. We've got to get Roger in here as well to get both sides of this story. <laughs> Roger would deny it. Oh he would deny it. Hold on, we got our third party. Kale, is that how it went? Yeah, yeah, that's about how it went. There wasn't any, there wasn't animosity in it. There wasn't like, there wasn't anger in it. It was just like, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Like, it was just a statement of fact. Like, dudes can do that, you know what I mean? I, no one holds a grudge around here. But at, the next day, I'm like, hey, man, are we cool? He's like, about what? And I'm like, you know, last night when I was going to punch you in the face, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're fine. Like, he didn't even, he didn't think twice of it. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even register as like me yelling at a restaurant as loud as I could. Oh, man. We rode from Durango into Moab. And so we had dropped out from like the high Rockies with the uh, high alpine pine trees and the deer and all that stuff. And we were kind of heading into a more of a deserty um, area. It was interesting, this changes in the United States, that we had the wide open plains. Then we had the Black Hills. And we had some of like the, the needles with the, the crazy rocks. And then we were heading into like the red rocks and some really very beautiful southern Utah, southern Colorado kind of a, of spaces. And it just, I kept running through my mind, like, this is all in one country. This is all in one country. Like, God bless America. It is such a beautiful place because you can have whatever you want. If you want to be in the Red Rocks, if you want to be in the high, whatever you want, there's something here for you that is just spectacular, so beautiful. And I kept being humbled day after day on how beautiful our country is and how grateful I am for this country. I am more grateful to be an American today than I was before the eight day ride because of just cutting across and seeing how beautiful it is. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, there was something that I thought, this is exceptional. Even when we were cutting through Douglas and Even the, Wyoming. And Wyoming. <laughs> and those wide open roads with the long draws where you could see it for miles and miles and just the rolling hills, just beautiful. But in its own way. And every place we went, there was always someone that was kind of complaining, like, "What did you? Why did you come through here? Like, what are you looking at through here?" And I'm like, "Have you looked around? Like, you've got Mount Rushmore in your backyard. You've got needles. You've got all these great things." And I'm like, "Oh, so I guess you're right." But it just makes me come home and really want to appreciate what we have here along the Wasatch Front and do some more camping and spend more time up in the um, doing more hiking and doing some of the things that we have available to us. Because of the places that we went to, I have to admit, I really do think we live in one of the most beautiful places in the United States here in Utah. It is gorgeous here. And coming back into Utah, dropping into Moab, I just thought, God, this is, this is heaven. This is one of the most beautiful places on earth. And I lived, this is my, I felt home. I felt really at home. We rode through a uh, rainstorm, but it was one of those rainstorms that you like can see it coming, but you can also see the other side of it. Do you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just like a curtain 
of rain and it was heavy duty rain and we didn't even slow down we none of us slowed down to put our rain gear on we just charged through it like here we go and we pulled out onto the sunny side and it was like freezing cold rain and then we pull out on the other side and the sun blasting down and we were instantly dry again riding through that that high desert you know um that arid yeah wind it was it was awesome it was so nice to be back in utah and um hitting moab we stopped in moab and we went to uh, this cool little Italian restaurant, and um, it was it was good to be back in Utah. I, I really do love Utah. There is a there's a couple of things. Number one, that you know the geographically the area that you covered, you just said all the different places and everything, but it's not that big. You know, if you're looking at the whole country, the little loop that you did and to hit all those different elements along yeah. there, it is kind of cool that we're that close to to all those different rides and different scenery and whatnot. Yeah. But also the people are different. Oh yeah. Have you no, did you notice how it shifted? There's like Wyoming people. Yeah. Then there's South Dakota yeah. people. Nebraska people. Nebraska people. Yeah. There's Colorado people, and then Utah is like its own uh, separate entity in and of itself. Yeah. I really did enjoy the. I think the people that I enjoyed the most were like in Deadwood, in that like mm-hmm. that South Dakota area. Yeah. Also, you know, I really, I've always noticed that there was a motorcycle culture, like a, mm-hmm. it's a group mm-hmm. of, it's a group where we're in a club, you got two wheels, you're in a club. And, um, I was really very impressed by how many kind people I met on bikes, like just the nicest people. I had my Navy hat that I, I was in the Navy, you know, as I've mentioned, and there's just so many people that would walk up and thank you for your service. So grateful for what you did so that we could do what we're doing here today. Literally, that's what they would say. It wasn't implied, like, we're here today because of the sacrifice that you made in the military. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I just joined to get the GI Bill. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I did do some pretty cool things in the, in the military. But there's just a lot of um, American pride and um, kindness and generosity out there. And I feel like um, we, there was a lot of times that we would stop and we would talk to other motorcyclers about the road and about what was happening. And they were very forthcoming. There was nobody that was like you're on a Harley or you're on an Indian or whatever. There was none of that. Nobody right. cared. It was all family. And I thought that was pretty cool. Did you notice that too? Yeah. Yeah. I remember on that last stop, the guy, what kind of bike did he have? It was a, oh, I forgot. One of the, what's that brand? What's a big car, fancy car. Triumph. Brand? Was it a Triumph? I think so. Yeah. Anyways, I'm like, oh, is, that, is that comfortable, you know? And because they were doing what, like 5,000 miles or something crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those guys, when we were coming back into Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he like he's like, dude, jump on here. See how it feels. Yeah. So I'm over there sitting on this bike and, oh, okay. Like, it was kind of an enduro just... style, like a touring bike. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But yeah it was, a BM- was it a BMW? Yeah. Yeah. This is, it, it was a BMW. BMW. Yes. It was. Touring bike with the yeah. inverted pistons. It was, a, it was a beautiful bike. He says it does like 160 yeah. top end. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a 1250 was the bike. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful machine. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. No windshield to speak of, you know what I mean? I thought, this looks uncomfortable. I'm, I'm basically sitting on a, like a lazy boy right. with a 117 cubic inch motor underneath my, between my knees. And it, this thing looks uncomfortable. <laughs> and I look over there, Kale's on it, just kind of like balancing back and forth. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Also, I learned um, if you're going to ride your motorcycle, it's important that you take uh, proper snacks, which is beef jerky and uh, mango, any dehydrated fruit, and lots to drink. Like, it's easy to get dehydrated on your bike and get a headache and be miserable. There's a lot of riding, um, like, just 
practices that I like, like really became clear to me like if you can do this you're gonna have a better overall experience the rain gear for example um, kind of keeping your belly full staying hydrated when you stop stop enough and stretch get off your bike and don't be ashamed to to do some downward dog <laughs> <laughs> don't be embarrassed Kale. Kale was not embarrassed <laughs> I would be looking at the view, and I turn around, and Kale was doing some kind of crazy yoga move, and I'm like, "All right," and it stretched out. Uh, you know what? I got back from the ride, and I sat down. I was cleaning the forks, my on the front forks, and my back went out. Uh, first time my back's ever gone out, and I was laying on the floor. I went to the chiropractor, and he's like, "What have you been doing? That your back is so co- your spine is so compressed." And I'm like, "Oh, I've been sitting on my motorcycle for eight days," and um, you, it really brought to mind like. I, I thought of Kale and I'm like, he was doing it right. Like he was getting off his bike and like laying over rocks and like getting all kinds of creative, keeping his lower back um, not compressed. I don't know if you were impressed at the time. He'd look at me and shake his head. What the heck? Like, <laughs> you're sitting there shivering and trying to. He's the, he's the guy at the gym where you're like, what are you doing here? He's stretching is what he was doing. I wish I would have done more of it. Uh, I felt like I had a baseball in the middle of my back. So I was just constantly trying to bend the opposite direction you can't really shift like in a car you can kind of shift hips you know what i mean you can move around change your position on your bike you can put your legs up you can put your legs down if you have highway bars but for the most part that's That's it it. and if we were going slow enough i'd stand up on my bike like i got really good at standing up because it would take such pressure off my back i did most of the in fact most of the needles highways i did standing up because we're only going about 45 50 miles an hour Nice and easy through these long, sweeping curves. It was awesome. Huh. Well, that was something I learned. When you, on the Harleys, when you pull just the front brake, mm-hmm. it does the back brake as well. Yeah, it's got a little I didn't distribute. know that. Yep. So, yeah, above like 35 was, miles an hour. I'm like, I don't know about this cruise control. Why do I have to stop fast? And Roger was like, oh, no, 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 you're good. Like, you can just hit that front brake. So. Well, um, is, uh, Harleys have the, they have the return like the Indian, right? Yep. Yeah, same. so you can kick it off. Yeah. You figured that one out? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But still, like, I'm like, what if I need to stop abruptly if something come, flips in front of me? Because that's the first time I've had pegs on a bike. And, yeah. It takes some trust to put your feet up. Yeah. Especially, like, going through a turn or, like, when you get into traffic. He, Roger keeps his feet up pretty much the whole ride. Yeah. At least one. At he least like, one. He liked to put his right foot his up. His brake foot. He'd put his brake foot up. Yeah. But, yeah. It was, uh, it was a, lot of, a lot of experience in biker etiquette, biker, like, practices, best practices, what to pack, what not to pack. So let's get into that. What what was on the packing list? Um, well, you want to. Um, I had one. So I'm a I'm a triple F. I'm a full figured fella. <laughs> so one pair of pants takes up a lot of space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being a triple F is a burden. Where Kale could fit in like his whole wardrobe into his in travel bag. bag. Yeah. Because he's a skinny guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have as much fabric to be concerned about. So. Um, I had an extra pair of jeans. I had some shorts, which I never wore. Never wore the shorts. I had some like running pants. I thought I'd wear those. Never wore them. I had my boots for riding, and then uh, like a pair of sandals. Um, and that was it as far as shoes went. And I only I wore the sandals at night while my boots were drying out, and I had them up on there with a blow dryer stuck in them. Um, I had a couple pairs of uh, three pairs of t-shirts, um, a long sleeve tee, a sweatshirt, and. Um, Gosh, that's about it. Like, you know, 27 pairs of underpants because, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excitable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, threw a lot of stuff away. Like, there's just some things like, ah, uh, you can't wash that. That's the, that, Those socks are ruined. Like, they'd be bleached. I noticed that. I'm like, I'll just 
leave it be, but I noticed clothes in the garbage can. Yeah. yeah. All right. Just, that makes sense. Yeah, those socks are never going to be the same after <laughs> getting wet in your boots. You know what I mean? They turn black with the dye. and um, So, yeah. And uh, extra pair of gloves. I had my helmet. I wish I would have brought my, um, my regular lid open-faced because I think that would have been nice. But I'm glad I had my helmet when I, you know, killed that bird with my face. That was... <laughs> That would have been devastating. <laughs> Ruin this. This is all I've got. You know what I mean? It's a, money maker. It's my <laughs> money maker. <clears throat> this doesn't just happen. Ethel would not have been yeah, yeah, Ethel would have been very disappointed. Yeah. Is that a bird sticking out of your nose? <laughs> it is. Yes. Oh, man. But uh, once we were in Moab, um, there was a huge, um, like a microburst that came through and rained like crazy that night. But we were in... Um, relaxing we had a nice drink and some good carbs and we're just chilling and it was it was very relaxing and that last day jumping on the bikes um, I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse that um, when you turn it back to the stable like it knows like we're going back to the stable and so it pretty much will run the whole way you can't even stop it that's how I felt like we were headed home I really was excited to be in my own bed I was excited (laughs) to see my girls I was excited to not be on my motorcycle and, but it was still beautiful coming up from Gunnison. You go um, through Green River and then up through Price and then up through um, Pass Helper and the Spanish Fork Canyon into Spanish Fork and then I-15 home. And um, that was a beautiful ride. That, that canyon up there where Thistle got washed out and all the, all the history that's going on up there, it was a fun ride. And it warmed up to the point where you could just wear, you know, your long sleeve T-shirt or whatever you wanted. And um, yeah, it was really good. There's, um, I kept my helmet on. I was really very safe. Kale kept on his safety vest the whole time. VS? No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very upfront with Nikki. I'm like, I'll wear it on in, interstates. Yeah. Uh, you know, just get tired of people not seeing you. Yeah. yeah. We, we just rented a bike in Tennessee, and it was, like, terrifying on the freeway there, the, the little bit of freeway we had to do. Like, just... First of all, their freeways are terrible, huge potholes everywhere, right. lots of people driving on there and just not seeing you and cutting over lanes. And so that was the, I decided I'm going to be the guy that can throw that vest on rather than, I don't know, I don't want to, it's not worth the risk. Not worth so, it. Yeah. It was nice to have on on the interstates. I liked it. Was this your first big major ride? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Mine too, I would say. Like the ride that we did, to, um, the two rides that we've done, I would say are good are good rides but this eight days I don't know if I would do eight days again eight days is a long time or if I did eight days I would have a day of just like doing nothing like actual rest day just rest day like we're gonna hang out at the pool maybe walk around do some touristy stuff but I don't know if um, eight days of riding our minimum day was a 200 mile day and it doesn't seem like that far 200 miles but in the rain you're not going very fast and so a 200 mile day we were on our bikes six to eight hours I would Mm -hmm. estimate every single day see and that's one of the things that roger said it's because again i talked to him before we we came on here but he said that the first day might have screwed the whole trip up because you push so far you, you know do 512 miles that's a that's a big it's a day. chunk yeah. yeah and it wasn't so bad i felt pretty frisky that day it seemed like we did okay that day but the next morning um it was i wasn't that enthused to get on the bike <laughs> and it was raining it started to rain so that was the day that i went to the hardware store and got me my my little rain suit that tore up like immediately. So it's just not made. Those rain suits are made to be like walking around, not going a hundred miles an hour down the freeway. So it just like, I shook it apart, yeah. ripped it apart. But it was, uh, 
it was a heck of an adventure. Some of the things that I would recommend is I have a, um, have a couple books on tape, like loaded and ready to go, like downloaded. They're not You don't have a great signal on the Million Dollar Highway, which is great. You shouldn't. But you should have something to listen to besides music on the ride. And the other thing I would say is if you're going to go on a long ride like that, um, be sure to go through your, your gear a couple times before you're, like load all your gear, unload it, load it all, like get in the practice of loading and loading, unloading, because you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. And you got to get good at it because like when it's 930 and it's time to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> it's time to leave. Now Capitan is saying, let's go, it's time. The it's, universe put me here to test Rob's patience. So <laughs> he, he got a good dose of uh, Kale's morning routine irritation. <laughs> Did it show that much? I, don't, I tried not to let it show. <laughs> there was a more than one morning where he's in the parking lot, the bike's starting his bike, give me looks. I'm still over there like trying to get my crap together. Um, Kale did a lot of organizing and reorganizing <laughs> on his bike uh, as we were going along. 70 pairs of gloves are hard to fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put them in their alphabetical order. <laughs> Color coordinated. Color coordinated. <laughs> Got these ones in Custer. Got these ones in. Uh, yeah, but the, the, it was just, it, I'm just saying get practice at loading and unloading um, your gear onto your bike and all together, get good at that because that's what you're doing. It's not like you're staying in a hotel where you can kind of spread out and get settled. You've got to get good at making sure that you're getting everything back in there that needs to get back in there. Right. And there's not a lot of room for buying, um, you know, extra t-shirts or like you're, you're really very limited on your space and you want to really um, take good care of it. And so I learned a lot about that. I think I would do it a little bit differently next time where I could kind of be able to carry things in and out. I didn't really have a good way of transporting things in from my bike to the hotel. So it was like two or three trips for me because I have my toiletry bag and this bag and that bag. I, I would probably should have like had a duffel that I could throw it all in, like a big duffel, so I could kind of pack it in and out in one trip. I know that Harley makes those the, the saddle bags. Yeah. They're like they're tailored fit for it. You can take the whole thing in and out. Yeah. Yep. And I think that would work good. My motorcycle has um, six speakers and two amps. And uh, those amps and the subwoofers are located inside my saddlebags. Oh. And so there's not a lot of space in there. And so you have to like really use the tea bag. And so it's not, it's not like a one, one size fits all. And being a full figured fellow, like I had to really mash stuff, really mash things in there tight. And so it took a little bit of practice to get good at it. Um, the other thing too, is I take a journal. I journaled quite a bit on the ride, just kind of writing my thoughts down. You spend eight hours on your motorcycle being hyper-present, you can really go deep into what's happening in your own head. You can really hear your own shit kind of bouncing around in there. And I got back and I went and talked to my guru about three or four of the things that kept like, kept coming to the top. And so it's very, it's very, uh, is it cathartic is the word I'm looking for? It's very good for your soul to ride on a long ride like that because you're really working through thinking about your business, thinking about your personal life, thinking about your health, thinking about all the the spokes on the wheel of life that you are in right now. Am I happy doing this? Am I happy to, with whom I'm doing it with? Or the thing, am I doing all the right things in order to find happiness? And like just a lot of time. And because you can't spend a lot of time like looking around, you're very present. So it's almost like a meditation for the whole time. Unless that one day where I was so tired, I was falling asleep. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very present riding my motorcycle. And so there's not a lot of like squirrel and I've got to call Topher and I've got to remember to do this. It's all very right now thinking. And 
I really felt like I worked out some stuff on that ride that I've been working on for a long time. And so the ride was more than just a, a spiritual journey for me. It felt, or a physical journey, it was a spiritual journey. And I felt very lucky to have had the uh, opportunity and time to be able to do it. Well, and like, and like Kale said, when you're going through these, this adversity, basically, and you're pushing through rain and you're pushing through being cold and all that stuff, you do find, if you talk about the mental side, it really does open everything up. You, you have to sit there. You have to be present. You have to be inside your own mind. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's where the friendships and everything are forged, man. This yeah. is something you guys won't forget for yeah. sure. Yep. And I'd be happy to go on another ride with Kale and Roger. I really would. I would be happy to do it again, but I would want probably that. I would want to look for that rest day in the middle. And we, we wouldn't have to even, like, spend the rest day holding hands, skipping through town. Like, the rest day of just sleeping and reading and regrouping and journaling and doing some of the things. Because I would journal as fast as I could every morning at breakfast, and I wasn't catching everything. I was looking through my journal in preparation for this podcast, and I thought, wow, I really left out a lot of the highlights as I was writing as fast as I could trying to remember everything. I also wonder too, though, because if you are do it, dealing with rain every single day, would it change even the same ride if it was summer, like actual summer weather, you know, you hit a rainstorm and it dries like it did in Moab, if it wouldn't have taken it out of you as bad? I would have to imagine so. I'd have to imagine it would have been a totally different ride, different views, because a lot of times the um, cloud cover was low enough, the lid was low enough, but you couldn't really see the tops of the mountains. We went through one national park where there's a lot of buffalo and things. And Roger's like, you really didn't get to see any of that. But oh. it, one of the best rides in the country. Uh, but I thought it was still spectacular. But the clouds, you know, the clouds were a thousand feet. You couldn't see the tops of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw one buffalo. One, yeah, one yeah, buffalo. A good one. So. <laughs> where was the buffalo? Just meandering off to the left <laughs> there, doing its thing. We had like what? I don't know, a hundred yards of visibility. It wasn't. It was raining like crazy when we saw the buffalo. It was like that moment, like, oh, buffalo. Cool. <laughs> don't die, don't die, don't die. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, amazing, beautiful stuff. Mount Rushmore, worth it. Wild Horse was worth it. Uh, all, of those, all of those rides. I'd like to do the Tale of the Dragon. I think that'd be a ride I'd like to try to put together. There's a couple of rides that are still on my bucket list of rides. I'd like to go down um, the the highway that runs down the coast, coast, highway, coast yeah. highway. That's number one on my list. Yeah. I'd like to go in and like start in like San Francisco or Los Angeles as far South as I dare go and just go all the way to the very top and come back through maybe Oregon or Washington and drop back in that, at that high oh, level. Yeah. Cause I'd like to see, you know, the, the Emerald triangle and all mm-hmm. of the trees and all of the cool stuff that is in there. Yeah. I think it'd be, that'd be a, that would be a good one week ride. I would love to take mm-hmm. the bikes through the redwoods. That would be, because like we, we saw in Yellowstone, you, you see the world differently when you're on the bike. Yeah. It's not the same as a car. Yeah. It's completely different. Right. Yeah, 100%. I think that, that would be a fun ride. There's also, if you go up through Idaho and Montana, they have the largest cedar um, uh, trees. They're like the great redwoods, but they're cedars. And it's a big forest that goes up through there. And there's a, some really cool stuff just right around here that's a couple-day ride. I would like to do maybe some three- or five-day rides that I think would be a good time um, and get a good bike I think I, I uh, you know want to honor Kale's wisdom in renting a road bike because that would have made yeah. the whole oh, difference yeah. in the world it was my bike I, I, I didn't have a sore butt like it was smooth and it had plenty of power and I never felt like I was in trouble of not being able to pass fast enough and it was just a lot it was a good bike to take on this ride yeah I lucked out the guy rented my bike from loaned me this 
big Harley bag, and I put it on the in front of the sissy bar. Oh wow! And then I had a backrest. If I can't imagine how bad it would have been, but yeah, it was just like a nice little the actual lazy boy. The, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. So I can't imagine trying to do it. That's why I was so curious on that other guy. I'm like, you guys are riding five thousand miles on that bike? Like, how? Right? So, um, but yeah, I, that was a. I just bought. I just got off rideshare. It was. It was a good deal. I'm, I don't know. That guy's halfway to an oil change after. No <laughs> kidding. Twenty three hundred miles. Know, pretty good price. So. Yep. But yeah, I might just buy one of those bikes. We'll see. He's buying one. Yeah. Yeah, I know that look. <laughs> yeah. No, when I returned that bike and got on mine again, I'm like, oh, why is it what so the small? Hell, like this yeah. thing is like a. It felt sportster. So small. Yeah. Yes. It was crazy. So. That's what I just did. Literally, your bike. We I had a soft tail slim, and then I got the Indian, and it's like, there's no turning back now. <laughs> Even for around town, I think there's something about having a bigger bike. Like, I I thought that it'd be cool to have a round towner, like a little sporty, but I don't know. This, it gets me where I want to go in a quick hurry. It's got everything I need. I love that bike. Yeah. That's the thing is you want to be on something that you're going to really enjoy. If you're going to go out there, don't go on a bike that you're like, eh, we're not really friends, not comfortable. It's not going to get it done for me. Like, no, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to spend eight hours a day on it for eight days. You become intimate, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and my bike are friends. We go way back. Oh, I was talking to my bike. Come on, girl, you can hold. You can, you can get this turn. Just yeah. hold. I know. I know it's snowing. Yeah. You can do it. You Come know, on, like, baby. Come on. It, to lean in. It was terrifying. If I didn't. Again, if I didn't see Roger doing it in front of me, I would never have trusted the bike to do what it can do. Like now, I have a lot more confidence, but it was terrifying. Those some of those times, like really steep grades, to like you mentioned, like it's snowing and you're just like in these very sharp turns. You're, it's it was intense. So there's another thing: those big bikes between the brakes, the suspension, all of it. That all adds up to safety features. Like they they yeah. are built to do that. You know, it's not like the bikes that I had early on. You could never, never trust those to do those turns and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a bike you can trust. That's the truth. Good tires. Yeah, you got to be ready to go. I would do it again. I would do it again. I uh, There was a minute when we got home, I'm like, I'm never going on a ride like that again. <laughs> After I threw my back out, that minute, you're like, oh, man, that was a terrible idea. But the more I talk about it and, like, reminisce about it, like, that was – that was an adventure I'll remember for the rest of my life. Like one of those things. And so I'm, I'm down for more of that. Yeah. I think I, uh, I've already, cause I had to give up my, I usually do a fly fishing trip with my friends every year and we go out Wyoming or Montana and float some rivers and just do, you know, five, six days of fly fishing. So I had to choose, I did the motorcycle trip, but next year maybe we do motorcycles and stop and do some fly fishing. Right? Ooh. Like, ooh, go back right? Oh yeah, you know, because I do like the idea of getting off the bikes and you know just doing something fun for the day and chilling. Yeah. And so, I think I would have enjoyed the day that we did the mountain, uh, the water rafting, if we would have just like left there and gone to a hotel. If we would have, yeah. like, because that really that cold water kicked my butt. I was surprised at how tired I was. Almost immediately when we got on the motorcycles and we started to head out, I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> 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 I need a Red Bull IV. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, yeah, I was in trouble, but yeah, I, I would I would do it again, but differently. I agree. Yeah. So lots of stops. Make sure it kind of planned out loose, and 
make sure we put bring the coin to dictate where the next town and stop is. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, we um, Roger was a really good uh, captain because he would say, "This is what I've got planned, but what do you guys want to do?" Like he wasn't he wasn't fixed to a plan. He was cool with stopping in Gunnison. He wasn't locked on to making it to Durango or whatever. And so I really appreciated that about his planning because he didn't have so much ego in his schedule that we had to do or die. This is what's going to happen. There's a couple of times where he's like, well, what if we did this? And I'm like, well, how about if we stayed here one extra day and just kind of went around this area? And that's a great idea. There was no, no ego in it, which I really appreciated about Roger, other than the whole Mexican food thing. <laughs> <clears throat> he was great. He was great. I was going to drop him like an elk. <laughs> oh man it was a fun night it was fun well so where's the next one hmm hmm the next one I would really like to do the dragon tail ride or the, the highway to the sun is another one that's a, a big ride and where are those um, I don't know they're all locally they're the west they're on the west side of the continental divide which, which means I think the highway to the sun's Montana isn't it yeah so I would like to do something like that and do a three or four day ride with a, a play day in the middle. But I'm not really good at um, planning these kinds of things. I just want like to, you know, get Scott on board and get it put together. <laughs> right. See where you're going with this. Yeah, it would be a good time, and I, I think it would be uh, it would be good to do in like September, kind of a the end of summer type of a ride. Not not quite fall yet. I think we're gonna have a nice late summer this year. I think September is gonna be a I hope. Because you got a new bike. You can hope yes, all you want. I do. It's going to snow like a mug. That's why it snowed so much this year, because I bought a new bike. That's, you're exactly right. Yeah. Sitting there yeah. angry outside. Sitting a in the nine-month winter? When does this even happen? Wait a minute. Kel just said you can ride in snow now. Oh, man. I, that was the scariest part for me, riding on snow in a, hail, a haily road. That was a little bit of ice. I, I got kind of used to the idea of riding in the rain, but some snow, that really got my guts twisted up i feel like it's one of those things because like here you know if it's raining you don't take the bike out so it's it's like and you, you see the storm over there or we're not doing this right yeah. when you're out on the on a road like this you have to yeah so it, how long did it take you before you actually kind of got comfortable not that you were ever i'm sure really comfortable but where you kind of relaxed and you can do the rain i feel like after that one that first day when i was ready to journal and read like i kind of came to the like mindset of like okay this is what we're doing I don't know if I ever got comfortable riding in the rain, like fully like relaxed, because you know there's that extra level of heightened attention. But I kind of got used to the idea, like oh, this is what we're doing, this is how it goes, you know, get your rain gear on and giddy up. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I, I think like the second day, I, I don't know how many hundreds of miles through rain we'd gone. It didn't phase me anymore. It was. Um, I had to laugh when we were, when we were going up. Was it Monarch Canyon or Monarch Pass? Anyways, right before it's snowing. There was a guy there, and he was just—he was just snapping pictures. You could tell he was just—he could not believe we were riding into what we were riding. But yeah, um, that's right. He had the camera out and was—you know. But yeah, people a lot—you get a lot of looks. Like people are like, "What in the hell are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that day you got that forced panic <laughs> smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Sorry, I'm having fun. We're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Yeah, the day that we were that that bird hit me in the face, it was and those cars were pulling off of the road. Um, there was a lot of people that we were passing. They were pulled off with their hazards on, and we were passing them on the bikes. <laughs> yeah. And I remember them being like, like you'd see them in the car. Look at these guys. 
What the heck is happening right now? Yeah, we've got places to go. Yeah, I do remember like the grips. I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gripping those things. So you yeah, know, as you're riding through the storm, I didn't even realize like it was it would get intense. Yeah, and your then, forearms would hurt at night from hanging on so tight. Ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for anything? But yeah, great time. Maybe we'll go somewhere warm, warmer. Next warmer. Time. I'd be down. Yeah. So, great ride. That's awesome, guys. It really is. I'm happy for you. Um, I think we'll plan one for September. Mm-hmm. Mastermind's ride. Mastermind's ride. We still got to do that. I'm down. That'll down. be a great ride. Kale, you in? If I'm in town. All right. Alec, you in? I'm down. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, guys, I think that's Annie Oakley. Place. Annie Oakley. Oh, man, I've been thinking about it the whole time. It's oh, Annie Oakley. Man, you got it. Annie Oakley. Chase <laughs> <laughs> Wild Bill. Uh, woo. I didn't think you'd get it on the podcast. <laughs> Did you hear it click in? It click. It click. Was, there was an audible. <laughs> okay, like that's all. I'm done talking. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Cool. Well, anything else, guys? Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having right, us. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. listening. All right. <laughs> I can't get over the bird. <laughs> 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 the whole time, all I can think is the pterodactyls that grip on your glasses. Like, I would have crashed <laughs> because I'd be laughing so hard. <laughs> bird guts everywhere. <laughs> oh, I was laughing about that the entire show. Oh, that was great. The entire show. <laughs>